Welcome to another episode of the Talking Small Podcast. I'd like to remind you off the rip that you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Talking Small Pod. You can send us an email at talkingsmallpodcast at gmail.com. You can find our podcast on a variety of your favorite apps, including SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, and Google Play. We really appreciate the viewers. Thanks for listening. And I'd like to take this moment to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Parasso, the official shaving cream of the podcast. Not only do I, the executive producer, love Parasso, so does our 2016 guest of the year, J-Bone, who also loves to shave with Parasso. I only shave Italian, and Parasso is the only choice. If you don't shave, don't worry. Parasso has you covered with beard conditioner to make your beard on fleek like the Italian snarling dog, Gattuso. Browse their fine products on Parasso.com. That's Parasso.com. P-R-O-R-A-S-O. The official Shave cream of the TSP. Now let's get into this episode. On this episode of the Talking Small Podcast, we talk donkeys, a.k.a. Kentucky Derby. We bring in our resident expert, previous guest, Mr. Sager. If you haven't listened to his original podcast, it is a great listen. Please go back and find it. It um, He really brings it some stories, some background. He's, he's very uh, good people. Uh, if you watched his uh, wrestling video, he is Harry Styles, and he fought the white trash kid for the very first Super Brawl. That's got uh, over 170 views now on YouTube, so they're big time. So let's get into this podcast. If you're not a big horse racing fan, listen to the first half. We get into horse racing for a good bit on the second half of the podcast. Uh, trust me, you will be educated. Please start your derby day with a dose of Sager. And let's get it. Welcome to the Talking Small Podcast, where we make that podcast flat. Samurai Deli, put them viewers in. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Small Podcast. We are unfortunately not able to do a live episode with Jeremy Sager because he was all the way in Slidell this morning and he would not be able to make it in person. Wait, but it's the hockey playoffs. We need the man with the golden shtick. We need Jeremy. Well, we don't have Jeremy. Chris, do we have Jeremy? Can't we... Wait, I thought I heard the doorbell go off just now. Good God, that's Jeremy Sager's music. We'll go live. Fuck it. <laughs> In honor of Bill O'Reilly getting canned from Fox News, we have Jeremy Sager here doing it live. Fuck it. And uh, Jeremy, you know, he's a master of many things, and we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna t- put him to the limits here. We're gonna test his knowledge. So, uh... all right. So for y'all that are first time viewers. Definitely not first-time listeners. This is the Talking Small Podcast, where we bring that podcast platinum for the viewers like you. We got myself, the executive producer, Harley, Uncle Al over here. You're here. Uh, we got Chrissy T, 
and joining us is Jeremy Sager. He had a previous episode that did Iron Man numbers, and it was great. We talked about Waffle House. We talked about, you know, fishing. We talked about a lot of Sager stuff. It was good stuff. Now, Jeremy, what's been going on in your life lately? Are you still with the house? Nah, man. Uh, as of a week ago, I became unemployed. How's so, that working for you? You know, after all the people that I put on the unemployment line, I figure it's only right for me to do it to myself. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good boss. A good boss. You got to walk in the shoes of your uh, employees. Has Vince McMahon ever fired himself? No, not that no, I know. Not that I know of. I mean, it wasn't. Has he ever been me. in an I Quit match? I'm sure. Well, there you go. He's fired himself then if he lost. Jeremy, did you uh, did you resign from Waffle House? You were let go. What happened? I resigned. Went out on my own, own on my uh, own terms. Um, I've got s- conflicting testimony to that point. Uh oh! Oh I want to hear this. So, I uh, I was told by you that hold on, Chris, real quick. Jeremy Sager, ex Waffle House manager of the Stars, what eleven New Orleans area locations? Six of them. Let's go with eleven. <laughs> I'll go with eleven. <laughs> And uh, he's the uh, Waffle House of the Stars. And go no, ahead, Chris. of the All Stars. There you go. Just like the breakfast. Jeremy, you told me that uh, I don't know a week or two ago your last day was supposed to be on a Wednesday. I believe I talked to you on a Sunday, so this would have been you know two, three days, three days before you were supposed to have your last day, and you said. They said, nah, nah, we'll make Saturday your last day of work. So I pose this to you two. Did Jeremy quit or was he fired ultimately? If you give notice and they don't let you stick it out, that just means you, you quit early. You got, you got the extra benefit of getting not to have to put two weeks in. I don't think he got fired. What do you mean the extra benefit? He put in more than two weeks. No, they said he's, he's, my last day is going to be Wednesday, and they came back and said, nah, your last day is Saturday. Yeah, but it was it was a two week notice, right? Exactly, and it ended up being about a week and a half, right? A little bit more than a week and a half. Oh. Just, they, they said that they had somebody that's going to be coming in, and it'd be best if. So you're fired. No, nah, I believe me. If that's going to happen. I would have fired for unemployment. Yeah, but just to stick it yeah, to him. It's like the ESPN layoffs that just happened. He was getting paid even though he wasn't working, so he was getting paid not to work. I don't actually think he got fired. I just like. The idea that karma possibly came around to him from all those people he canned. Believe me, it didn't break my heart that my last day was it was actually on a Sunday. It, I, I really didn't give a shit at that point anyway, so it's best for, a real for hard everything to be done. When they uh, told you to leave early, did they have that on Snapchat? No, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I would have. That's what I was about to say. Jeremy, I talked to you a couple of days before what was actually your last day. You had so many fucking good ideas for snaps on just like going out with a fucking bank. Can you can you spit a little amount? Uh, let's see. I know. Uh, I definitely wanted to try to fire somebody just for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's the one thing I'm going to miss about the job is the power. <laughs> uh, so I definitely wanted to fire one last person. You have somebody in mind? Nah, just find somebody that just pissed me off and just. For the hell of it, just fire them. <laughs> if they said they're going to get unemployment, I said, I don't give a shit. But uh, that was one of them. Another one was I wanted to just get a Snapchat of me holding the Waffle House coffee mug and just humming it against the side of the <laughs> building and have it shatter <laughs> all over the place. Another one was I wanted to light a cigarette up in front of in the cooler of the 
where we keep all the food and all that just because this is a no smoke environment what the hell why not well, the whole restaurant should be no smoking right exactly so why would you hide out in the cooler why don't you just do it while you're flipping an omelet ah does waffle house have omelets yeah absolutely it's a breakfast place you dangus yeah i know but i've never seen anybody order omelet at the house but uh, I think that's all I had. Was that anything else you can remember? Yeah, the only other one I can remember is that really smoking hot HR lady you got. You sh- you should have been a little crude to her. Maybe ask her on a date or two. I don't know, <laughs> something. Nah, she she pissed me off way too many times. I thought that turned you on, though. Now. He doesn't like a woman with power. He needs all the power. <laughs> I need the power. He needs to be the dominator. Like uh, when you guys reviewed Fifty Shades Darker or whatever. That dude like to be in power. Yeah, uh, Christian, a.k.a. Dorian Gray, which is not his name. My wife actually listened to that episode, and she was pissed off every time you said Dorian. <laughs> now, Sager, is the reason why you decided not to light up in the Waffle House because the last time you saw somebody light up in the Waffle House didn't turn out too well for him? <laughs> you, you know, that was kind of going through my head at that point, but can shots t- fired, can, literally. <laughs> can, Sager, can you tell us that story? Yeah, so uh, this actually didn't happen in one of my sources in Biloxi, and um, it was Black Friday about two years ago. And, <laughs> I like uh, it already. There's a white guy that did it, <laughs> but uh, a guy lit a cigarette up in the store, and the waitress told him, you got to put the cigarette out, and without saying anything, the guy pulled out a pistol and shot and killed her in the store. Like right in the back of the head, right? Yeah. And he just con- he just sat there and, and continued and, to smoke. And, his- and, and he just sat back down on the waiting chair and waited for the police to come get him. I mean... One shot and done, just sat down. That's something wrong with that. And he finished his cig, right? I don't know. Yeah, you got to finish your cig at that point. Do you guys pass around these Waffle House videos? Like you said, this was a video from Biloxi. I didn't see see the video. Oh. But something something that happened to me that was crazy was uh, this year during the NBA All-Star, I had to work overnights, and um, I was at my store on Reed Boulevard, and... The Beast in the East. <laughs> That's and, the Nola East. Yeah, and uh, I was working overnights, and about midnight, hear gunshots going off in the parking lot. I thought I heard about five or six gunshots. Well, come to find out, I after all this happened, went outside, and there's 34 empty cartridges in the parking lot, so there's 34 Holy shots. Shit. During that whole process, one guy got hit, ran about a block away, and passed out. I don't think the dude died. But, uh, yeah, all that happened while I was at the store. That was pretty crazy. Is That's that w- a high-volume shooter. Yeah. yeah. All you need is one, though. Inaccurate, though. Very inaccurate. Sager, did you see the video from that uh, that robbery at the Jimmy Johnson's no. uh, about two weeks ago? A week uh-uh. ago, maybe? So <clears throat> this guy basically runs into the Jimmy John's. Pulls out a pistol, holds it straight to the cashier's head, and you, I mean, you've had stores robbed, and you see the CCTV footage of it. Like, when a guy pulls out a gun in a restaurant, people fucking scurry like cockroaches, freak out. Any normal reaction, right? This guy, cool as a cucumber. He just stands there with a pistol in his head like it doesn't fucking phase him. Does that, if that was your employee... Does he deserve a raise? I'll tell you what. I would honestly think if somebody put up a gun to my head, I'm running like a little baby. I don't care what anybody says, but just <laughs> for somebody to be that cool, calm, and collected, I would think they'd be involved in it. Oh! See, now that's management. Spin! Speaking. That oh. is management material right there. Now, Sager, we're talking about all of these crimes that occur at Waffle House. Was that one of the reasons why you decided to leave? I don't think that the crimes itself 
was a reason for it to leave. I think that being in New Orleans, which that had a part of it, and just everything about New Orleans. I mean, put, put two and two together, <laughs> it sucked the life out of me just about. So I was just done with New Orleans. Just a lot of NBA All-Star game type scenarios. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> so... It had nothing to do with them closing some rubbing tugs in the New Orleans. Oh, no, no. Okay. actually, the the big tornado wiped out some of them. <laughs> Man, that really sucks. <laughs> All right, so Sager, you're not the freshly, uh, you're not the only one of our friends who is recently unemployed, and that brings up the first sponsored segment of the week. The LinkedIn's failure to launch power rankings. I thought it was by ZipRecruiter. Hey. LinkedIn came in at the last second, gave us more money. I thought it was Indeed. You don't know anything about it. You're out. You do no research for the pod. So as we've just heard, Sager is recently unemployed. Now, Waffle House pays a pretty penny. So we're doing the power rankings here. I guess we lay out everyone's case. Well, we need to tell who all the candidates of unemployed Right, so you just heard Sager, recently a free agent from Waffle House, Living back at home, but uh, he's got that good Waffle House salary. He's chilling, got something lined up, so not bad. Our next on the list, the person sitting right next to him, Chrissy Tadpole over here, claims he's in law school, but I ain't seen a lot of studying. Already has, quote unquote, already has a job lined up and is going to be moving out of the uh, Garden District recording studio. And uh, he's also going to be living at home, apparently. So that's number two. Uh, Anything I, to add, number I, two? I have a rebuttal. I'm currently unemployed in the sense of I have no... no uh, that's it. You're, you're eligible for the rankings. Your future prospects will be okay. talked about okay. Fair while enough. we rank. Fair enough. Number three on this list, uh, guest of the podcast, Eric. He's been unemployed for about six months quote-unquote, checking out colleges, flying here and there. Gonna on go his check parents' out, dime. On somebody's dime. Checking out uh, college campuses, and, uh, you know, he's also uh, currently living at home. You may remember him from the latest episode with my sister Dan Bleasy when he was stuttering like an idiot when she asked him to rate, or I asked him to rate her. Facts. And then last on the list, another podcast guest. Bobby No Good, he recently, you heard him say his uh, chronicles about the warehouse he worked at, and uh, he's also presently unemployed and living at home, and all these characters right now are living in the great town of Slidell, so it's real, all happening in a, in a good in a good time so they can hang out. A real power alley of unemployment. <laughs> Correct. Real power alley of a great time too. Now power rankings out here. What are the what was the who would be the person you would least likely to be in this these situations okay, so, and why? So, so this is like okay. So the least likely. So he'd be the lowest on the list. Like he'd be power rank because this is for this would, this is for LinkedIn employment. So the most employable will be the powerfulest person. Not the most employable. I'm saying for the LinkedIn failure to launch. I'm saying. Who is failing the most and you would not want to be them? Oh, are you, oh okay. Can I uh, say your, ask your question too? So I think he's trying to say who is probably financially stable the most in the situation. Is that what you're trying to ask? Not right now. Well, no, uh, uh, I don't care number one that. on this list is going to be if you 
put yourself in this person's situation of the four and you would want to be that person. That's going to be number one. So number four is the person you're least like you would least want to be in this situation. All right. All right. Yeah. So the person that I don't want to be is a toss up between two of them. Okay. Bobby No Good and Eric Stutter and Shula. Oh. Because they 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 got no prospects right now. Bobby, who knows what he's doing? (laughs) I think I just forgot. I forgot to mention something about Bob. He's got jury duty, so technically he's employed right now. He's getting thirty bucks a day or something, right? (laughs) By the state, that doesn't count. He's gonna blow that all All on Miller Lite. Look, don't don't try to defend Bob and jury duty. Bob's not getting kicked out for jury duty. Um, so you got Bob, whose prospects I don't think are very high. He drives a car that he probably can't afford. Uh oh. He's got a girlfriend that he's so happy to be with, and he has no money to please her. <laughs> um, so Bob's really low on the list, and he left an executive program of the uh, grocery warehouse game, which I don't think there's many grocery warehouse games out there. So I don't think his skills translate very well. The other one is Eric. <laughs> Eric has very little skills and he's still talking about going to school. So he you're think if you want to be Eric here, you're thinking long term and f- for employment, long term can get you into heavy debt. So Eric and Bob are duking it out for me on the bottom. Sager? Oh, do you, you wait, you want them to talk a- I guess since we're just talking oh, about two candidates, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, they can't, can't go. It, this is on hmm. YouTube. See, this is real tough for me. Bob's been Bob's been doing the at home thing for a while, and he did have a job, so his bankroll is going to be looking pretty decent. Eric is ba- his bankroll is unlimited, and that's also very crucial. He's got access to a pool, which Bob also has living at home here, and. Bob's got the girlfriend in this situation, so some would say he's winning, some would say he's losing, but he's definitely getting more ass than Eric. So. And he's the happiest he's ever been. It, so. it, true. So, mm-mm. And Bob can drink more than Eric. Yeah, which means Eric's mm. not going to have to spend as mm. much on booze. Mm, true. You're unemployed here. You have to think like a a real uh, tightwad. Whew, this is tough. I'm going to say I would but, least... But do you believe those two are the, the highest candidates for whatever the failure to launch failure is? I don't know. Chris is up there, too. See, I don't think Chris is up there. He's, he's This man's strapped with student debt, and he's about to start a job. Starting the job is the, always the worst part of the job thing. Okay, so you're assuming he's passing finals that he's not studying. That's for. also <laughs> true. <laughs> Chris has his finals this week. He hasn't been here the past two days where his exam was. He took an exam today. I think Chris has high upside. You're talking lawyer. I've watched Suits. Great show. Great potential. I've seen Michael Hingle commercials. 
I can see Chris double chin in that all day. Okay, and I don't know how you failed to make a Franklin and Bash reference just now because that's one of your top five shows of all time. Are you thinking Chris is Franklin and Bash material? Have you seen this guy? Well, you're saying he's, he's no Franklin and he's definitely no Bash. <laughs> you're true about that, but still, you don't go straight to the courtroom. He's going to be in the back filing away, hitting on secretaries and stuff. He's beginning doing menial work at first, sorting papers. Okay, so. The, the thing about Chris is if you're in the law firm, he's got the look of a seasoned veteran. <laughs> All you got to do is throw him in a couple courtrooms. He dresses up nice. He'd get that tie up there, will accent the double chin, and he could sit third chair. You can't put him any higher than third chair. Oh, that's true. And, 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 you know, be eye candy in the courtroom. If you got a defense attorney, he could, like, uh, that do is- some eyes to the jurors trying to get some women on your side. Chris would definitely be a good anonymous lawyer number four. Just to look good in the suit, like you were just saying, and just not say anything. Distract the uh, females that come up on the, uh, the judge stand. Chris, you told me a gas station attendant told you what today? Man, I stopped at a racetrack today, and uh, as I was checking out, she says a bunch of things. You, your parents took a, took their time making you. You're gorgeous. It was a rainy day out today, so she said, uh, you're a ray of sunshine on this cloudy day. Was she black or white? She's black. Wait for it. The last line would have gave it away, Chris. Uh, are you a model? Because you should be. <laughs> and the last thing she says was, I don't even like white boys, but you fine. <laughs> Welcome to my life, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, your your past life. Shout past out, life. shout out to Joya at the Hammond Racetrack. The, the the only problem that I foresee with Chris's future is that whenever he pulls up at a client's house with that old beat up '94 Chevy, <laughs> they're never going to hire him because they won't take him seriously at all. Pulling up in that piece of crap. So you're wrong for two reasons. First of all, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a nurse. I don't make house calls to clients' houses. They come, they come to your office. Once you get caught banging your secretary, <laughs> you will be. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, I think you can reverse that, and uh, a potential client would see me driving my old hoopty as a sign of this guy is financially responsible. He's not out there wasting money on vehicles, and Maybe he's a little got a little blue collar uh, in him. He can keep this whole thing running. No, they're gonna say this guy takes too many pro bono cases. He must suck, and no one will pay him. <laughs> See, I'm with you on this one, Chris. It says you're an American classic. <laughs> you got muscle. No definition, but you of, got muscle. A lot of rust on it. It's only a six cylinder though, so not much muscle. <laughs> all right, mm, all right. You got bench seats, so if they ever want to take you on a little spin, they can jump in. <laughs> and, and I think it just, it, I mean, there's some upside to it. Your lawyer comes in there, you're not intimidated. You just think he's one of your own. I'm taking Chris last in my rankings here. Oh, that's rough. Last to, last to Robert? <clears throat> yeah, last to Robert. Man. See, I, I, I think you're wrong there. Now, can I talk about young Jeremy over here? Well, I mean, you want to go to number three? You want to save the best for last? Wait, 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 well, hold on. What do you mean number three here? Well, you, Eric, I still don't understand the rankings. Do I want to be one or four here? You want to be one. one. Oh, well, four is fucking Bob. There's no way four is not Bob. Okay. Uh, you, I'm saying Bob's, Bob's my three. No, Bob, Bob's Bob's definitely last. He's he's His bankroll is solid. He's going to live in that house until he dies. Oh, who wants that? Who 
wants to? Who I'm just saying he's number three. He has no prospects. Bob's Bob's ceiling is the lowest of the three. Oh, or the four. Well, I mean, and plus he might get married early. You don't want to get tied down, Al. This is, I'm this is assuming one of these people list. also don't die before Bob. <laughs> nah. Okay, so Bob's my four. Bob's my three. All right, Eric's my three. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> You got you got future upside, but I'm gonna have to spend too many years to get to that future. Who knows if you're gonna pick college in the next like six months or the next three years? Yeah, <laughs> at some point, Hans and Renee they're they're gonna run bone dry at some point, and I just feel like um. Yeah, you can't talk to girls, Eric. He's just, <laughs> he's just a bad prospect. I don't know. I mean, what makes you think the well's going to run dry? At some point, Hot Boy Hans is going to retire. And then the, the the well is basically, at that point, going to be capped. And then he's just going to be bleeding them dry. At some <laughs> point, they're going to want to get get out, you know, see the world. And who wants the yellow kid following them around? <laughs> mm. Mm. All right, so Eric's your three. You know who your two is? Chris or Sager? Well, I haven't I haven't dove into Sager's um, resume at this point. So what I know about Sager is one, I don't know if he should be on this list because one of the reasons he was not about to come to the pod live is he didn't get off of work till six o'clock. Oh, what? Wait, <laughs> you already got a job? You're way better than all these deadbeats who've been unemployed for centuries. I was better before those deadbeats that they had quit. Oh god. So Sager clearly has the rebound game that these guys <laughs> definitely do not have. So I'm thinking, like, Sager's got a family business. He's It's different than Eric. Eric's just sucking teeth. Sager's in there b- fucking boots on the ground selling Army Surplus stuff. And we were going to sponsor the pod by Army Surplus, but we couldn't do it in camo. Yeah, we'll give him a freebie, <laughs> freebie there. Hmm, interesting though, but if he worked today, he may be disqualified from this list. What job did you do today? So, for instance, I don't think that I wasn't supposed to start until Monday. But one of the guys <laughs> Here he today, goes again. <laughs> but one of the guys said, uh, ask if I could just come in for him today for a couple hours. So I got there about three o'clock till six. Scab! And he's Scab! and he's off the list. No, 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 no. He just came in for today. Now he's unemployed again until Monday. Okay. Until Monday. I'm unemployed. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Fucking scab, Sager. Now, am I still technically unemployed since I still get checks from Waffle House for the next month? Duh! That's called unemployment? No, it's not unemployment. It's severance? What no. is that? Because so my, my check's going to be prorated for the time of this month that I worked because I get paid from the previous month worth of those numbers, so... This past month that I just quit and I finished halfway through Waffle House's month, and I'm going to get paid for half of that month my next over the next four weeks. So they and, pay you after the fact? Yeah. You had, they, to, you had to put a month in before you ever got paid? No. So for rent, yes. Oh. No, no, no. no. That's <laughs> why no one wants to be management. My first two checks were very much prorated. That The first two checks I ever got with Waffle House were very prorated because I came in in the middle of a month rather than working the entire month, if that makes any sense. So I pretty much got paid for half of the month. But also, I'm going to be getting a third check <laughs> later on this month, which is going to be all of my stock money that I've accumulated throughout you don't get my to keep five st- years. You don't get to keep the stock in Waffle House? No. Oh. 
So this is why Sager's building a great resume of why he's number one on my list. He's got stock options maturing. <laughs> he's got back pay from his other job. He's got another job basically lined up for Monday in the family business to where he could just pop in and out whenever he wants and try to find a new job. Sager is the number one. Plus, he seems to have some kind of honey connection up in the, <laughs> in the Missouri area. So he could travel back and forth and, uh, you know, oh, check I'm, all the way up and down the Mississippi River. Oh, with the honey connection, I thought you were talking about Shanker's mom selling honey in the back of the neighborhood for a second there. But I don't even think Sager should be on this list. He's never st- going to stop from getting paid. And that's why he's so good at unemployment. So he's not on the list because he's clearly no, all number one. Why? I'm unemployed. He's unemployed, and he's gaming the system. None of these other cucks were able to game the system like Sager. That's why he's my number one. I say we end I'm the un- game. We, we both agree Sager's number one. Here. I'm unemployed, but keeping the money flow. And Chris is number two because he's going to be a lawyer, and you know, a lawyer's better. Uh, be honest, that's a higher ceiling than Eric and Bob are ever going to get to. Well, Eric's going to law school, so. You don't think he's ever going to get there? That is if he ever actually fucking chooses one. Yeah, there you go. If I was him, I'd keep flying from college university to college university until I got herpes. Are you kidding me? Have you seen... You think you trust Eric as your lawyer? I'm just saying he if I was no him. He has no court presence. Would you trust Chris? He's got at least a presence. Look at him. <laughs> he looks like he's corporate. I've got two chins. <laughs> he's got a presence, all right. You get okay. You put Chris and Eric both in lawyer clothes and walk them up. Who you choosing? I know who I'm choosing. No, Eric. Thanks, looks, Charlie. That means a lot. Eric looks like more of the egghead. So, when in doubt, go Asian. All right. Enough of this. Well, no, you never did your whole rankings. You said Chris was your number four. <laughs> yeah, Bob three. That would give Eric two because we both gave Sager one. He's far and ahead the best here. Oh, I'm buying a lot of Chris stock on your marketplace over there. All right. We'll, we'll revisit this in like the 10 years after and see who's doing better. Eric probably will still be in school. <laughs> All right. Speaking of that, in 10 years, if you had to guess one of these people would die, who do you think would be first? Bob. Murdered by whoever he's dating at the time. Have you tried to be alone with Bob that long? Fuck that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going Sager, mesothelioma. <laughs> All right. I'm going Eric on this one. Let's weigh in on this. I'm going Eric. He's taking way too many goddamn recruiting trips. Where does he live? California, Slidell. He's going on vacation a lot with his family. Plane wreck at some point. Oh, and I'm gonna go with Chris because he's gonna sleep with the wrong secretaries, and her husband's <laughs> gonna find out and shoot him right in that big old head of his. I like that. That's a hard head target to miss. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, hey, everybody's got their opinion. Let's check back in in ten years when this podcast is on its what twelfth year, I guess. All right, so <laughs> Sager here. Now Sager not only is an expert in waffles and fishing. The man knows donkeys. And coming up this weekend, May 6, 2017, is the Kentucky Derby. The, the fastest two minutes in sports. It's true. Chris Berman does not have the fastest two minutes in sports anymore. And, and as Shank would say, two minutes? That's a long time. <laughs> All right, so now, Sager, what's your expertise with the Kentucky Derby? How do you know horses? How do you know these donkeys so well? I mean, just, you know, going to the track. Um, What's your home track? Fairgrounds, New Orleans. Mm, represent. Can't go wrong. 
and uh, you know, got together with a couple buddies and just one of my friends taught me a lot about it, and uh, it's just something I enjoy doing. You're not even gonna shout that friend out. Shout outs to Dirty Rob out there, <laughs> Matt Robinson. Where you at, you pussy? No ass names. <laughs> A real betting syndicate was formed. So you, you went to the track and, and you were just hooked. You, you love to gamble. You love to smoke. You love to throw some money around. It's yeah. got everything for you. Now, how do you normally do at the track? Do you normally win? you normally lose? you normally break even, have a good time? What, what's your normal track? I mean, it, obviously, it's gambling, so it differs, <laughs> it, it, it differs every day. Um, I mean, there's been times which I've lost 500 bucks and there's been times which i've won a thousand dollars i mean more so uh you know i've won over a thousand dollars about i think two times um but i've lost quite a few times as well. <laughs> so what do you think you are uh, a, a lifetime even lifetime i'm probably negative Okay, uh, I mean, don't don't try to bet shame our expert. Here, I'm just I'm just you, trying. You you, you, can't, you don't just fucking get a guest on here and then talk about his losing in fucking horse racing. You gotta build him up. I'm not but, talking about but, him losing but, here. I'm just seeing what his acumen well, is I'm going, here. Uh, a big reason why why I say I'm probably not in the plus is because I try to make bets which is gonna make me some money. I don't do a bet which is gonna try to make me five dollars. I do a bet that I hopefully will get me. $150. That's why they call it and, gambling. And hey, don't put Sager over like that again. Sager, you, before, I know you're going to analyze all these donkeys coming up. but Not all of them. You, uh, <laughs> Too many. So you said you've won over 1,000 at least twice. Can you tell us uh, at least a story of one of those times you hit big? One of those times I hit big, uh, actually Chris was with me that day. Um, uh, I was First off, I don't like to just bet the fairgrounds. I'm what you call a degenerate gambler, uh, and they have, at the fairgrounds, they have TVs all over the place that show all the other horse tracks that are going. So there can be up to 10 different tracks run at the same time, and I'm betting all of them. I mean, I'm betting just about every single one. I don't know shit about them, but I'm betting them. <laughs> and there's this one race is at Tampa Bay Downs, which is a big horse out there in Florida, and uh, I, th I meant to do like a... Bet like a 10-4 exacta box, which an exacta is you have to pick your horses. Your you have to pick two horses and they have to come in first place and second place. But say you pick the one, say it's a one and two horse you pick, and you pick them in that order one and two, then it has to finish one or two. But if you do an exacta box, if you box it, then it can be one or two or two and one. But that could make a ten dollar bet turn to a twenty dollar bet. But you have different ways of winning. But anyway, so that's kind of where I'm going with this is I didn't exact the box. I thought I meant to do like horse 10 and 4, but I accidentally did 10 and 6. How did you accidentally hit the wrong number? Probably with my big fat fingers that I had. <laughs> yeah, have you seen his fingers? Oh, Sager's mom, Shanker's mom, who's a nurse, says he's going to die early because of those fingers. That's another reason we should say Sager may bite the bucket first. Which is why he's high on my list because he's got to live a life in a shorter span. Exactly. <laughs> Get it while you live it. So you so accidentally hit the wrong numbers. Time. What, Chris? So you accidentally hit the wrong numbers. So I actually hit the wrong numbers, and whenever the horse was about to go off. Did you know you hit the wrong numbers? No, the, no. Okay. I thought I, I thought I did 10-4. I, mean, I might have been drunk, too. I, I mean, very well. Could have been, but 
right before the race was about to go off, uh, Dirty Rob, who I mentioned earlier, said, dude, you bet the wrong horse. <laughs> you meant to do 10-6. I'm looking at it and go, oh, shit. So he says, well, let's go cancel it. So I ain't going to cancel it. He says, well, give it to me. I'll go cancel it. He goes and he tries to cancel it. It didn't cancel. So I said, you're stuck with it. <laughs> and this horse that I did, when I meant to do the four horse, which is like probably like eight to one, the six horse was, I think, like 50 to one. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck it. I'm stuck with it. Anyways, it ended up finishing 6-10. That 50 to one horse ended up winning it, which paid back like $1,000. It was which what, was like a, a $20 bet? Yeah, which was a good mistake. God damn. Big shout out to Dirt. Big shout out to Dirt for being too slow to get there on time to cancel it. I probably would have murdered him if he would have actually canceled it. Oh, God. Talk about... Oh, man. That would be a curveball. Now, Sager's going to break down the horses, but Harley, aren't you also going to break down the horses a little? Yeah, um, I, I love the Kentucky Derby. I bet on... It every single year I went on it never. I always bet for the long shot to win and they'll come in second and I'll just get teased to death. Um except for mind that bird. I want to mind that bird. Um so we're gonna break down a couple things here. They did the pole positions. Yeah, the, but uh, Har- Harley, what's your expertise though in horse racing? You just bet on it every year? I just I watch the TV and I just wanna throw some money on it. I mean I don't go to the track like say your wife or, doesn't have anything to do with horses. Does that give you any advantage? Uh no, none at all. She's she's into the jumpers. This is this is long striders. But she thinks she knows what she's talking about. I, I don't know. Did you have a horse? I had a pony. What happened to it? Seinfeld boy. <laughs> um, which my pony or the horse at that at the house that was hers? Well, I guess ours. That one. Um, the set the ladder. Unfortunately, uh, it broke into a stall. And it had a trash can that the lid wasn't like, you know, too secure. And he popped it off and gorged himself to death. <laughs> Al didn't realize that horses can gorge themselves to death. I thought you they, were... they can't tell when they're full. That's why they're always eating grass. Science. Facts. Uh, but Harley, you're, you're looking like you ate a little too much calzone over I, there, I, my friend. I did. I did. Now, Harley, I thought this... I, the original story I heard was this pony was like 20-something years old. 38. It was 38 years old. I thought it died of old age. No, it it, it gorged itself to death. God damn. What a way to go out. I mean, if you're going to go out, might as well go out with a belly full. Going ham. Uh, all right, so boys, break down this derby for me this year. I know absolutely nothing. All right, so I'm just going to say real quick that we just did the post on here. There's 20 horses. Um... Not a real clear-cut favorite, but uh, there's some interesting horses in here. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I agree. So, just like Harley and I were just both saying, Kentucky Derby's always known for, one, obviously, the most prestigious race of the entire year. Prestigious. That whatever. And two, it's got the most horses that runs in it as well. Uh, I mean, and the most horse cock that's in there. Big, yeah, uh, big-time horse What about cock. the bitches with the big hats? What about the mid-juleps? I thought we were bringing down the horses. Oh, Why does bad. he want to talk about yeah. bitches? Oh, that's sorry. Well, it is a school night. He's used to doing night, bitches Alex. on school night. That's why I'm here, boys. This might be a school night, but this is the best week of, weekend of the year coming up in the sports world. All right. Well, break it down. So you focus on the mint jewel-ups and them girls with the hats. I'm going to be focused on making me some money. Oh, I will. <clears throat> anyway, so that's what – a couple things that makes this race, especially this year, so tough is it's a very, very open – 
race. There is no very much clear-cut favorite to win it this year like there is any other year. Yeah, we got a couple horses such as um, such as Always Dreaming, who's currently at 5-1, to one, who's in the 5 post. We have... Um, now, Sager, real quick before you break down the horses, what's the advantage of the post position here? Because you've got 20 horses. The post means more here. The, the, the post definitely means a lot here. So, fun fact is the horse that's in the one post, which is the closest to the rail, has never in the entire uh, time Kentucky Derby's ran, that horse has never won the Kentucky Derby. Now, there's an interesting horse on the one post this time. It's Looking at Lee, who's a descendant of the sire Looking at Lucky. It's a 20-to-1 horse, and uh, they said that uh, – I saw a breakdown that says that there's one horse that can do it. It's this one because he doesn't really pace hard, and uh, he's not going to be bothered by getting tightened in the rail at the beginning. Well, here's the thing. With <clears throat> with the horse that's on the one or any of the – probably the first five – uh, post is they want to make that horse it, it might trick them because you need to sprint that horse out so it doesn't get trapped because if the horses on the rails get trapped very quickly it's going to be really hard for them because they'll have to bounce pretty much all the way outside and all the way outside of 20 horses is tough so they got to really get them out there very quickly and you said number one's not a sprinter so that doesn't sound like a good bet no, 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 no because he can fall, no he's naturally going to fall back so he, he's going to be a lagging horse so that he's not going to get cut off. He's going to be able to lag back and then make his move from the outside. So he doesn't come out hard, which will mean he, he falls back, yep. and then that's how he gets to the outside? Yep. And then hammers it? Yep, hammers it. And you see it. And, and he, well, the one thing about this horse is – well, I can break this down later, but I, I'm just got diarrhea at the mouth here. Um, one of the leading horses, uh, the Empire, what, what uh, Charm Empire? Classic Empire. Classic Empire. There we go. Uh, that horse won the Arkansas Derby. This horse actually finished second in the Arkansas Derby, and he had an incompetent rider that tried to make a couple moves where he went to the inside and got blocked, and then went to the outside, actually passed up the horse, Classic Empire, then got blocked again, and then Classic Empire took him and beat him by like five lengths. Yeah, he came out strong. What's, you, the, what's the name of the horse on the one post? Looking, looking at, at Lee. Lee. And what's his odds? 20-1. to 1. Is that better than the most... most uh, Horses that are typically... Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, that'd but, be something to go back But one horse has never won. That's garbage. 20 to 1. Well, that's value. You don't yeah, go... You absolutely. get extra value there. Plus, when you're at 20 to 1 now, there's a lot of chance there's going to be public money coming in on the favorites. Eh. And at horse races, it boosts the odds of the uh, long You want to make me a bet that this horse wins? <laughs> well, am I yeah, getting... 20 to 1. Yeah, sure. I'll take all <laughs> you fucking bets on it. How much you want to bet? We'll get that off the pot. All right, Sager, I'm sorry I jumped in. I got so happy about talking and looking at Lee. So I'm not going to talk about many of these horses um, because there's 20 of them, and at the end of the day, they some of these horses are going to end up, their odds are going to end up changing to probably 2-1, to 3-1, 5-2. to one, uh, two. Uh, We'll have some that are going to be 8-1. to one. But then you're also going to have some of these horses that are currently – 20 to 1 and 30 to 1 that are probably going to drop to about 70 to 1 or something like that. But I'm going to go through some of the horses here that I think are going to be the strongest ones out there. And yeah, most of them are the obvious choices. I mean, the ones that are the heavy favorites are heavy favorites for a reason. So, you know, that's those are the big time horses to name out. So I'm going to start off and talk about first horse on my list, Classic Empire, whose current odds are... I saw four I, to one. Yeah, the four to one. Um, I was looking at 
a different one the other day, but they are still the same on this one I'm looking at. So uh, this is the biggest favorite? This is the biggest favorite currently right now. And he's also the was his sire was the sire, the pioneer yeah. of the Nile. Who was the sire of American Pharaoh. Now, as me a horse layman, what does sire mean? The, the daddy. Yeah, the cock. So the the big dick, you know, stud. The sperm of American Pharaoh's dad. Mm. That's what he is. Um so Classic Empire, who's currently four to one, has seven starts in his career, has five wins, zero places, one show, and um, then I, I'm not sure what place he came in on the his other race, but um, he was the winner of the Arkansas Derby, which is a G1 race, which G1 is a big time stakes race, which are normally about uh, five hundred thousand dollar races or higher, which mm. a lot of these big time derbies the you know, every big track has them. You know, the Louisiana Derby, uh, the Gulfstream Derby in Florida. All these big derbies are considered G1, which is grade one races. So you say, like, the Arkansas Derby, $500,000 is the winning horse? That was actually a million-dollar race. Ooh. So just to put it in perspective, the G1 is like the Sager of my list on the top of my <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn list. Now, Sager, what is like a normal fairgrounds race, your home track? What are those normally worth? I mean, the, the, didn't the, you own a donkey or did no, Dirt own a donkey? Dirt owned a donkey. So those normally go for about – they differ between – I would say the average race, the average purse is about $30,000 probably per race. Now, you have some that are $17,000, but then you'll have some that are – just on a regular day, that might be a $70,000 race or a $50,000 race. Do you need to pay to enter your horse into these races? Yeah. How much money? I'm not sure. I never owned a horse. I just know that you have to. All right. We'll have to have dirt on. He sounds like he knows more than you. <laughs> All right. So, Classic Empire was the winner of the Arkansas Derby. Um, he was also the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Race last November, which is a big-time race. That's, uh, that's two-year-olds, uh, which – is uh, considered juvenile. His three-year-old is the age that these horses run in the Kentucky Derby. Now, they did have a weird stat about juven- the ones that win the two-year-old as juveniles normally do not translate very well into the Kentucky he, Derby. He, he, was, he was actually the horse of the year last year. <laughs> is that because they peaked too early? What is that? I'm not sure why. It just hasn't translated. You would think if you're good at two, you should be good at three, but evidently there's some there's – some, uh, slow growers, and they uh, mature a little yeah, later. Didn't that juvenile race used to be uh, sponsored by Subway, but then Jared got busted and... No. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. <laughs> um, however, Classic Empire finished the dole third place in the Holly Bowl, which is a G2 race, stakes and golf stream, which was won by Irish Warcry and Gunavera Place, which those two other two horses are also relatively big-time favorites in the Derby. Um, after that race, Classic Empire uh, came back with an abscess surface on his right front hoof. Oh, you push uh, and put him down for that. We used to have a poodle, and we would put her down when she got an abscess tooth. The reason I we- said hoof, yeah, not a tooth. He did, but dogs don't have hooves. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Anyway, this... this they uh, should have put Chris down instead. That's why he was number four on my list. A reason why this is a big deal is because the injury that I read about, uh, they said this injury should have taken full, two full months to heal, but uh, the horse refused to train twice during the process. Which, how do you make a horse, you know, why can't you just make the horse go frickin' run? Well, apparently these horses are kind of like people. 
And if they ain't going to run, they're not going to fucking run. <laughs> they um, can get what they call lame. Yeah. Do you, do you think they were juicing them to get them over that, that fucking uh, injury? I'm not sure, but a reason why I don't think it's necessarily going to be a big deal is because after that injury, he ran in that uh, Arkansas Derby. So he won that Arkansas Derby after the injury. Um, some stats about him is watch out for him to uh, stay with the main group, and he is a sprinter. So at the end of the race, he might not be up there in the very beginning of the race, but towards the end, he's going to make a run. And, oh, mind um, that bird action. There you go. Mind that bird. It's, that's true. I mean, he, 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 he's going he's gonna to finish, and I think he's going to finish somewhere in the top. Um, I don't personally have him at number one, but uh, he's going to finish – Somewhere in the top four. So you guys don't like the favorite. I don't. No. Uh-uh. This this next horse is my favorite. Always dreaming. Um, it's owned by Racing Stables LLC, um, and the trainer is Todd Pletcher, who is mm. arguably one of the best trainers. Eh. I'm around. a Bob Baffert guy through and through. Baffert well, has no horses. He in this has race. no. These I guarantee. So you you. Have oh God! Well, I ain't betting. If Baffert's not on there, I ain't betting. Uh, yeah, if Big Bob's in it, Big Bob's going to win. I mean, <laughs> so why no ain't Big Bob about. in? He doesn't think he has a horse that can get it. Well, he, the horse that was going to be the perennial favorite of the Kentucky Derby is out with injury right now. And now I forget what his name was, but he's out. And there's also another big favorite uh, by a trainer, Dallas Stewart, who actually kept his horse at the fairground stable called Saints Fan, which they had to put it down after it had a bad step <laughs> during running. Where do they send those horses after they put Straight them Straight to the glue factory. I've heard you yell that a time or two at the track. Oh, yeah. Whenever I have a horse that I have that I think is going to win or something, and it's lagging, I say, send that horse to the fucking glue factory. Well, this horse actually got it, so you got your wish. Anyway, Always Dreaming has a career of uh, five wins, three places, one show. Uh, career earnings of $1,648,900. Um, he was a winner of the Florida Derby, which is a G-run race. Um, during that, he won a very impressive race. It was a G3 race, so it was grade three, which it's still a decent race. It's not obviously a grade one or grade two, but he won by 11 and a half lengths. And the length is the length of a horse, essentially. So that's... Eleven and a half lengths, that's an ass kicking. What's the average length of a horse? I, I don't know, Al. <laughs> so it's not a furlong, is it? No. Um interesting <laughs> note interesting note about a furlong? How long Secretariat went by like seventeen lengths or it's something. something like that. It was something absolutely crazy. Look at, they Chris, actually, look at Chris impressed by Secretariat over here, actually, Jeremy. Th- this is a pretty cool thing that I remember seeing whenever American Pharaoh won the Derby. They did like a simultaneous run with Secretariat and American Pharaoh, and Secretariat still won by like I think two lengths or something like that. God, they must have she must have uh, Secretariat must have been on the stuff the German uh women's weightlifting team was on in the seventies. Um, Just had a big heart. He had stamina and speed. Yeah, but what was his hog about? Big dog, too. Uh, interesting note about the Florida Derby, which you won, is uh, Always Dreaming ran the fastest time in the uh, Florida Derby. For, uh, the fastest time since 1979. Um, Secretariat? No. <laughs> Always Dreaming, also number one horse for most wet dreams had. What? <laughs> Wait, is that a real stat? Stats. That's a fact. God, I so what's w- always dreaming's odds? Was that was this, is this always dreaming post number one? Five. No. 
Yeah, he's per, he's uh, post five, and he's currently five to one. Now, uh, what's written what's by a, John Velasquez, who is a very yeah. I don't have that on jockey. here, but yeah, I did see that. <laughs> now you talked about how post one's a shitty a shitty post. What's a what's an ideal post? Probably uh, probably around the seventeen's been a good one, and I think somewhere around like twelve. Yeah, between I was I was gonna say between probably ten and seventeen ish, ten to eighteen because. You just you're going to be able to get out there, and this kind of race that whenever you get out, you stay out. The Jared Fogle range, ten to eighteen. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, seventeen. But this horse is really healthy uh, with one of the best trainers around. Um, he can hold a lead and he can come back, so he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Oh, now, they expect him to make a very strong appearance. And I personally have him winning. His sire, Bodie Master, Meister. <laughs> Is he, is he a well-known horse? No, his sire is I'll Have Another, who was a runner-up in 2012. What? I name. That's a great name. I thought it was Bodie Meister. I think I will have another. I, can, I, I think I may need one, too. I, I must have got that wrong. It says Bodie Meister oh, on my yeah. sheet. No wonder you never won the Derby. Doesn't feel good getting out-researched on your own podcast, does it? We do have a crack research team, but, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right, what else you got? Now, this, this next horse, Irish War Cry, currently 6-1. to one. Irish War Cry or Irish War Crime? Cry. Oh, I thought you said crime earlier today, and I, I was like, that's a really the good name. The wax out of your fucking ears. He is, uh, <laughs> Irish <laughs> War Cry is currently 6-1. to one. Irish War Crime would be a great name for a dirty horse run by the mafia. He has five starts, four wins. Um, also, biggest dick in the field. That's proven fact right there, too. That is? I don't know. <laughs> you should have said fun fact before. People definitely would have believed you more. He was the winner of the Wood Memorial, which is a G2 race. Winner of the Holy Bowl Stakes, which I mentioned earlier, uh, which is G2. Um, he, however finished, however, finished the seventh place in Gulfstream at the Fountain of Youth Stakes race, which is a G2 race. Um, very interesting news about this horse is um, upon this horse's retirement, which... If I had a guess, it's going to be the next time it loses. Um, it's only raced five times. Hillendale Stables just purchased his breeding rights, which <laughs> means they're going to suck that mofo down, <laughs> and he's going to be pleasing some of these bitches. Is Hillendale like one of the bigger breeding companies? Yes, it is. So a reason why I think this is interesting news is because since they already purchased his breeding rights, they actually purchased him as well. So how hard are they going to actually want to run him? If he doesn't break well... Are they going to push him and possibly get him injured, or do they just sit back? I, yeah, but don't you think they have an insurance policy on that? Yeah, but not to the full potential of what they could get out of him. That's true. So, and they're trying to get it out of him. That that would be. I would love to be a retired horse. I'd love to be American Pharaoh right now. You'd love to be a retired horse. How often American Pharaoh. Think how, about it. How often do <laughs> you think they're they're breeding? That boy get more pussy than you are. Al. More pussy than all of us combined. Absolutely. He stay get pussy on that school night too. But I, I just think that's very interesting notes on him, and it kind of scares me to bet because I think that once, you know, if he doesn't break well, then there's no reason to push him. So, uh, Sire's curling, right? I didn't look at it. Was it curling? Well, I've been wrong last time, maybe. So, uh, but it's curling. <laughs> According to your research. Yep. All right, I got three more I'm going to talk about. This is my sleeper pick of the entire Derby. Gervin, 
who <laughs> I, I, was going I like the name it. already i'm popping for the the ice horse gervin is current is uh his career is three and one three wins one place um the reason why i have this horse as a sleeper is because i've actually seen him run this year um and just very impressed uh from what i saw him he had two outstanding performances at the fairgrounds he was the winner of the um, Rising Stakes, Rising Star Stakes, which is a G2, plus the Louisiana Derby. Um, his style of racing is just perfect for the Derby. He can, they, they expect him to stay with the pack and then make a sprint towards the end. Mm. Just like all these horses going to make a sprint towards the end. What's his odds again? He's currently 15 to 1. Mm. Now, I don't have, Kevin. I have him as a sleeper, but not necessarily the sleeper to win, but a sleeper to Get up there and make some money. Make it on the um, podium. He's he's he, he's going to be a sleeper pick, which I think will might be the difference. People making lima or making chicken feed. Is that basically what the strategy is? You need to stay with the pack and then bang it out once you turn the corner. It all depends. American Pharaoh could run, American Pharaoh ran wire to wire, which is he led and he finished. Yeah. Um, yeah, for and, you layman's and, out there. And the the, the race he won. A, I remember American Pharaoh lost a big race, and once he got pressure on him, he was done. The, they they ran him to where he couldn't run. I mean, he finished in second, but uh, you know he was he was a sprinter the entire time. He had the stamina to do it. Um, what about the conditions of the track? Because I know all these fucking tracks are different. Harley was saying earlier that's what seventy percent chance of rain. Yeah, it's supposed to rain Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Ooh. Yeah, but he thought Bodie Meister was. Like- I still claim I'm right on that one. I got my research right here. Are any of these horses mutters? Your mother wasn't mother. Oh, God. I <laughs> just set him up for the fucking Seinfeld line. But if if it's a sloppy track, then all this all this is just – who knows? You might have a 50-to-1 horse that wins. Don't if it's a mud race. <laughs> uh, there might be a Barbaro, which was, I think, Barbaro was like 50-to-1 that won it. And then, sure enough, the next race he broke his leg and they sent him straight to the glue factory. <laughs> Rest in peace, Barbaro. Um, the only negative thing that I see about Gervin is he has – very little lack of experience in any kind of G1 race. Um, he did have the Louisiana Derby, but that's the only G1 race that he ever ran in. Now he won it, but remember I said earlier, Saints fan, which is a horse owned by Dallas Stewart, uh, died earlier this did. year. So that was a horse that was expected to win the Louisiana Derby and have potential in the Kentucky Derby. Mike Smith, jockey for Gervin, Hall of Fame jockey. <laughs> Harley's going all in on the jockeys. He's Sager's not mentioning jockeys at all. Are you not overlooking mentioned. something? No, the jockeys do have a lot. I've just I have I did not go through the jockeys and stuff. Well, or, or is Harley overvaluing the jockeys? No, definitely not overvaluing. No, the Harley's try, just trying to put himself over. See, Sager made all these notes handwritten. He did he did his hard work and research. Harley over here, while Sager's dropping knowledge, is just scrolling through his computer. Looking up jockeys. Well, he's got notes over there. I have all the jockeys written down right here. I think you're trying to put yourself over by putting Harley down. All right, who's Patch's Thank you. jockey? That's why you're number two on my list, Who, Chris. Who's Thank Patch's you. jockey? Oh, Patch? That's, uh, I can't pronounce it, but it's Gaffalone. That sounds made up. Let me see that page. See, right there, Gaff. Sounds Spanish. See, Spanish, I have it on Spanish there. people know horses. All right, so anyway. All right, Sager, can you backtrack him on that? Yeah, yes. hold on one second. <laughs> You're looking at the jockey for Patch? Yeah. yeah. All right, Harley, All right, you keep so going. Anyway, uh, one of the horses I wanted to talk about is uh, Gunnivera. Uh-huh. The reason why, 15 to 1, Javier Castellano. You're getting value with Castellano at 15 to 1. 
on pre-derby races. I just look to see who Castellano is uh, is riding, and I bet them. Most of the time, if I can get Castellano at value, I'm a winner. Is he a Hall of Fame jockey? Castellano, if not, will be a Hall of Fame jockey. You see it, Al? For yeah, Patrick? Tyler Gaffalione. So that sounded way different. Harley said Garofalo. So I said Gaffalone. Fuck off. I think you said Jimmy Garofalo. So anyway. So Gunnavera is currently 15-1. to 1. Another, uh, you know, not necessarily a sleeper because there, there's – there's a lot of potential in him. Um, and like I said, I think that a lot of these horses that are 51 currently, like Gervin, Gunavera, I think that they'll probably end up finishing 8-1, to one, uh, maybe even a couple of my finish 6-1, because I think that at the end of the day, um, Classic Empire is probably going to drop down, i say, 5-2, to two, maybe even 2-1. to one. Um, Gunavera has nine races, four wins, two places, one show, career earnings of $1,170,200. Um, he's the winner of the Fountain Youth Stakes G2 race in Gulfstream. Um, also, Saratoga Special Stakes, which is G2. And the Delta Downs Jackpot Stakes, which is G3. He was the second in the Holy Bowl behind Irish War Cry. Um, Irish War Cry was first in the Holy Bowl. It was what? No, keep going, sir. You're uh, He's a horse. Expect him to stay with the pace, but expect him to also push the pace. Uh, what I mean by that is at the end of the race coming down the stretch, he's going to be – they expect – Gun of error that if he's in contention, he's going to be the first one to start the pace. He's going to be the first horse that's going to start sprinting because he apparently has a lot of stamina. And Castellano, he's going to be the top jockey. He's he's my number one on my uh, my pick three. Going on to the last horse that I have these notes on, McCracken. Ooh, I got him too. Uh, McCracken's going to be good. McCracken I have is one of my favorites as well. Um, McCracken's currently five to one. And um, he's career, uh, he has four wins, zero places, and one show. Um, only career earnings of $410,848. But he is the winner of the uh, Sam F. Davis Stakes, which is G3. Um, he was kept out of the Tampa, camped out of the Tampa Bay Downs Derby, which is G2 race, due to what the trainers called a minor ankle injury. Um, ever since then, though, he did come back and... Um, he did really well in two other G3 races, but he had a very bad race at the Bluegrass Stakes G2 in Keeneland, uh, which he finished third place. Um, I just uh, I've watched clips on him, and I just I I, th I think that he's gonna break. I think he's gonna be a horse that's gonna stay in the lead. I think he's gonna run the wire, and I think that he's gonna kind of just stay out front. He's gonna be a horse that they're gonna be trying to catch. Uh, I just think that the the they're going to ride him, and everything that I kind of read about him is that he's going to have a, he has a lot of stamina, so that he can kind of sprint very well throughout the process, throughout the entire race. Um, I've heard some info on podcasts that a lot of people like this McCracken course. Uh, course, I feel like he's I feel like he's everyone's. You know, if they don't want to pick the favorite, they're picking McCracken right now. McCracken's not far off the pace for a favorite. You're talking four to one versus five to one. I'm just saying. Yeah, but who's his jockey? His jockey is Hernandez Jr., who I don't really know much about. I'm not a Is his last name Jr.? No, it's I don't know his first name something else. Hold on. Brian Joseph Hernandez Jr. Oh, you're you're big Hernandez senior guy, but you don't know much about his son yet. He's early. All right. All right. So, 
Uh, the last jockey that I think you might take a flyer on is with Gormley. That's Victor Espinosa. Also, great jockey at 15 to 1. That's value, right? Victor Espinosa run on uh, American Pharaoh. All three of those races. Now, we talked about Patch. And that Patch is unique because he's got one eye. He doesn't have a left eye. But he somehow gets pole position 20. Now, Jeremy, could you break down what that could mean for a horse with one eye? <laughs> Well, with it being his left eye, that means he's on the very right-hand side, which means whenever the gate's open, he's not going to see anything to his left, which is where all the other horses are at. So I, I mean, don't know. he ain't dumb, though. He sees them. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if this is going to be a good thing, a bad thing. I, I mean, I don't know because I have both of my eyes, so I don't know how it is running with one eye. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be an issue on how does it know exactly when to take the turn? Well, animals usually. Well, they always say when you lose one sense, you uh, get other. Your other senses are heightened. This is only one eye, granted, but animals are also very instinctive to begin with. So, he's gonna hear them, right? He's got to. I, I mean, what, what's his, what's Patch's record previously? Has Patch. he ever won a race? Patch. Um, I know. I know it's Patch, but I keep saying like Patches. Like, give me one second. I can tell you. Like the incorrect way because no, it's Patch. No, like. <laughs> What's Patch's record? It's the apostrophe S, but it sounds like I'm saying Patch is E S. Uh, let's see. Patch. You guys didn't So you you guys just heard the story about Patch and immediately wrote him off. You did no research. Harley doesn't even know who's Patch his has jockey. three career starts, one win, two places, career earnings of two hundred thirty thousand so, dollars. The twenty the twenty starting spot's normally not a good starting spot. It's too far out. So all of these horses have only run like five, six times. They're, They're only three years, years old. old. You're not going to run them at one years old, and you're going to run them very few times at two years old. What's the average lifespan of these horses? You have some horses that it depends on how they are. Yeah, some of these horses that, for instance, American War Cry, I'm sure will be retired after this year, and he's going to be making a lot of gravy. He's going to be in jail. Irish War Cry. Um, Irish War Crimes. Um, and then, I mean, but then you'll have some horses that I remember there was a race I bet on this past year that a horse was 10 years old and still running. He had like fifth, like, um, like 50 or 60 career starts. Jeez. How long do they live after they're done running? Uh, I hear horses can live to about 20 years. Unless they get in the foods <laughs> supply. Uh, unless, unless they, hey, unless they go to the glue factory. Um, one of the, the other horses is coming in from, uh, he's the Dubai winner G2, uh, G2 race. Oh, G1, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a Thunder Snow, biggest horse loads in the, uh, <laughs> in, the in the Derby. He's a, uh, he runs mostly in Ireland. He's, uh, that's, that's where he runs is in Ireland, that he's an Irish-made horse. Dude, how much do you think it costs to ship a premier thoroughbred like this overseas? As long as you don't do it united. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Dan Bleasy did not want to come on and defend United against them killing giant uh, bunny rabbit Simon uh, recently. She was uh, we tried to reach her and her people said no comment. So Thunder Snow has eight career starts, four wins, two places. Now this is pretty interesting. They ran the shit out of this horse last year at two years old. They ran it six times last year, two wins, two places, and this year he's two starts with two wins. Um, and he's got big loads. Who's this again? Thunder Snow. I don't like that name. That's not a winner. What kind of bets are y'all looking to make? Yeah, who, what, what you do you guys... You, you said you like to keep dreaming. Right, Always can, dreaming. 
Give so, some, yeah. so let me get mine out of the way because I'm sure Sager's got some exotics over here. My win play show is the uh, 10-17-15, which would be Gunnivera, Irish War Cry, War Cry, and McCracken. My win play show, always dreaming McCracken and Gervin. <clears throat> oh, yeah, a little Gervin love. Um, my exact I'm going to have, always dreaming of McCracken. Trifecta, always dreaming McCracken. And um, Gervin, and then Superfecta, always reading <laughs> McCracken, Gervin, and Classic Empire. I just think that the favorite is going to struggle. Just my thoughts on it. Mm. And to be honest with you, I really don't, because this is, I'm not calling this a weak field by <laughs> any means, but there's no clear favorite. Like last year, they had Nyquest, which won, and he was supposed to go on to do good, but he got hurt. Um, so, and then the year before, obviously, was American Pharaoh. So, uh, this year, there's just it, it's a wide open field this year, so it's going it's going to be interesting. But I don't think this is a year that we'll see anything even close to a triple crown. I think that whoever wins this race is not going to win the Preakness. Um, so it's going to be interesting. That mm. is your Kentucky Derby breakdown with the great Jeremy Zager. Thank you, guys. Place those bets. All right, so uh, we're going to take a short little break here, and I don't even know if we're going to come back. We're going to come back? Uh, you know we're going to come back. We're going to come back. All right, so one less, little last tidbit about the horses. Harley's horse that he mentioned earlier dying had a big pile of shit in his yard that had some mushrooms on it. Now, I was out of the country for New Year's, and Harley and Craigie told me a little story. Have we mentioned this on the podcast before? Wait, wh- what were you? You weren't out of the country on that New Year's. Where were you? Australia. This wasn't this past New Year's. It was two ago. Yeah, it was. It was like a whole. No, it's it was. Yeah, it was not this past one. It was one before that. Chris, back me up here. I think I was right. I'm almost positive. When did the horse this. die? The horse, the horse died two December's ago. Damn. Yeah. The, the, was it that long ago? Yes, it was that long well, ago. Well, so Harley obviously knows when his fucking horse died, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was dirty. No, it definitely it means this. It was there his was still, shit that the thing was growing. Yeah, there was, it was just a big pile of horse shit. Now this horse shit, these mushrooms are growing, growing. Now, I wasn't with Harley and Craig for New Year's. Apparently, Craig went over to Harley's house because Harley didn't. Build that fucking wall. <laughs> Build that fucking wall. Come on. And uh, so Craig went over there, and they convinced me that Craig had ate some mushrooms, got butt naked, and swam in the pond. And I was like, oh, shit. And Craig you were is, really excited. Craig was known to get fucked up and do crazy shit. Yeah, but has Craig ever been known to get butt ass? No, but he's been known to take a shirt off. Yeah, after when you're shaving his back for him. <laughs> or when he comes home drunk after he puked in the car and is eating burgers in your kitchen. Not afraid to go shirtless. Did he really get butt-ass and jump in your pond? Well, that's the narrative they told me. So one weekend I'm over at Harley's house and I'm like, all right, let me try some mushrooms. I'm going to take, I guess, two. I research it a little bit. A little bit, of, and I'm like, all right, these mushrooms are good. So then I, 
I did a lot of research. I didn't want to be liable for you dying. Yeah, I washed them a little. And a oh, that's why. You're not supposed to wash them. They might have been the real deal. I don't think you're supposed to put water on them. Conflicting research. Anyway, I ate a few, waited a while. I was like, oh, I heard they kick in later. Waited an hour, ate another one. Waited a half an hour, ate another one. I'm thinking nothing's ever going to happen to them, so I'm having fun. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? I don't want them all to fucking kick in at once. Well, long story short, none of them kicked in at all, and I just basically ate mushrooms. mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, mushrooms that were grown out of horse shit. For no damn reason. So that's props to you and Craig on that one. Never would have done that. That was a long con. Yeah. So Harley, you think they were the right mushrooms, but he fucked up by washing them? Potentially. I've never done shrooms. And I thought they were always really dry. So putting water on them seems kind of stupid. I've heard of people dry. I think you just dry them out to keep them preserved. I don't think it needs to be a... As long as they're not mushy and all that shit. I think I do some research on that because I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm just going to find the next pile of cow shit and press my luck. All right. And on to the Sprite. Obey your thirst of the week. Where's soundboard Bob when you need him? All right. So a couple days ago, the New York Post reported that Two Carolina, North Carolina teens were charged with mis- misdemeanor disclosure of private images after they catfished their French teacher. So, so who's who here? Uh, is this like female kids, male teacher, female teacher, male kids, some kind of like female, female action, male, male action? Okay, so Brian Joshua Anderson and Brittany Renee Luckenbau. Both age 16. I'm not sure why they named all their three names. Do they think they're going to be serial killers? No, they probably thought they are hillbillies from Carolina, and you have to go three names. Oh, there you go. So these two 16-year-olds used a fake social media account to contact their French teacher, David Laughing House. That sounds like a fucking fake name. I'd have a fake name, too, if I was going to get catfished. And they got him to send them nudes which they shared with other students at Swansboro High School. Now, these two these two jokesters were released on $5,000 bail and are due in court June 15th. Wait, they, the kids got the wait, the kids got fucking uh arrested for what? Distribution of, of what? I, I don't how what, what do the kids get arrested like for? Like I said earlier, it's misdemeanor disclosure of private images. It's not so, private, you sent it to them. It's catfish, though. You sent it to someone you thought was somebody else. Yeah, but I think the real question you guys are glossing over is, did Mr. Laughing House have a hog <laughs> or a frog? Well, they don't call him Laughing House, but nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> laughing House was a laughing stock now. Yeah, so, dude, that's... That's funny. No, that's fucked a, up. That's a fuck, Mr. Laughing House. How can you? You cannot just blindly send nudes. Like, what's this fucking guy thinking? Got catfished. What, what subject does this cocksucker teach? He was a fr- French, French teacher. Boom! There you go. <laughs> I said it twice, <laughs> maybe three times. You should have said Chris. That's why we know if he's a hog or a frog <laughs> or a wee wee. <laughs> 
Craig, that was the French joke with the he, frog. He didn't, he didn't get that. <laughs> they call French people frogs, derogatory term, Chris. So I definitely got you. Yeah. Chris, you've never maybe, heard that? Maybe they could be your first clients, Chris. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> hey, Chris, if you're going to fat Joe, get, pull the mic to you. Do you think he got that joke too? <laughs> yeah, because he was leaning back. All right, so what, what, what do you think about this story? Let me, let me ask you this real quick, Sager. If you all of a sudden realize that you've been catfished, one of the best ways to get somebody back is send a picture of your dick because that's like the catfish stinging you uh, when you try to get the hook out. It's going to burn. You don't want to see that dick. And boom, now he sends it. Is that is that like maybe he did it on purpose once he knew his catfish? This is the exact situation you're talking about. If Laughing House thought it was a, he knew he was getting catfish and just snapped the dick pic anyway. Well, he's already fucking down this hole. The catfish is already <laughs> on the hook. He was trying to get just down fin- some just hole. Just fin his right? ass. Hmm. I mean, I, I I guess that'd be a good way to get back. Like, you know, fuck it. Here you go. Merry fucking Christmas. Why would you oh. give someone else's dick? Why would you have to give your own in this scenario? You can. Have you ever sent a picture, uh, pic of Chris's dick so when you showed up, she was much more impressed? <laughs> no, but that would be a, a little termite dick. You know, but, <laughs> I, prefer, <laughs> I prefer tadpole. It's Chrissy tadpole, Sager. My, my, my fingers are, my pinky is probably about the size of Chris's dangus erect. <laughs> Which is how big? <laughs> I wonder if Laughing three House. Inches. Do you think Laughing House listened to the pod and took your? Uh... Well, like we were saying, if his name's Laughing House, and no, he didn't listen to a word Say your, of this podcast. For the people who didn't hear you on part one, what's the proper way to take a dick pic? Just to refresh the people. It's all about the angles. <laughs> you what? know, you 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 gotta get the camera at a. You gotta get the camera pretty close. <laughs> Um, it's, it's like it's like you see these people that are fishing. They hold up a fish and it looks like it's a big fish, but in all reality, it really isn't. It's all about the angle. There's no difference when you're showing a picture of your dick. It's all about how you hold it, the angle that the camera's at, and if you have flash or not. Because the flash is very important. It can show a shadow, which the bigger an object, the bigger the shadow will be. Just think about it. So you're saying potentially with trick photography, you can turn a frog into a hog. Exactly. Mm, that's a real catfish. I really have nothing else left on the pod. I hope people win money on the Kentucky Derby. I'd follow uh, Sager's picks, not mine. And uh, I'd bet against Al for the uh, horse on the uh, the one post because uh, that's value. No, it's not. I'm I'm I didn't give my picks because I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm rooting for Gervin. Good, I hope so because I think that Gervin is going to make me some money. Hey, to each his own. All right, uh, happy Cinco de Mayo, you sons of bitches. Now that's a topic we should have got into. <laughs> World traveling Alex Nablack on Cinco de Mayo. No last names. Ellen Wambach, Cinco de Mayo. All right, we're out of here, you dirty banditos. Hey, by the way, Sager, thanks for uh, taking the time to drive all the way out here in the rain and uh, getting that Mickey D's and uh, showing up. We appreciate it. And fuck it, doing it live. We'll go live. Fuck it. Thanks, <laughs> guys.
So thank you very much for listening to that Talking Small podcast episode. I hope you did enjoy it. Uh, we enjoyed having Sager. Sager, thanks for driving through that rain all the way to get to the Garden District. That's dedication. Employment, unemployment, power ratings, the LinkedIn segment. Hey, send us your top four out of those of those guys. Tell us, tell us what you, who's good, who's bad, and who's on bottom. Because who's on bottom is very important. Uh, thank you for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Talking Small Pod, on Instagram, Snapchat, both the same place. Uh, Facebook, we got a Facebook mobile site there, Talking Small. It's a page. You know, check that out. And uh, you can listen to the podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or any other podcasting app. We got the RSS feed. We got the views. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We really do appreciate it. And uh, until next time, let's get it, shouty.